Talk about your Andalites, Yerks, and Taxons. If you managed to get some earbuds, welcome, folks, to the world of Yerks. For all your animals, rewatching and eventual rereading needs. I'm Luna, I'm aka Lulu. And I'm Seda, aka Seda is also my name. It's also my nickname. It's both. Don't don't wear it out. Don't you're you're, you're, you're twice you're twice as likely to do so because of the the fact that your name your that name is both of your names. Yep, I had a friend in high school who was. Uh, Really big on a breves, as she called them, and <laughs> she would always try to shorten my name. But unfortunately, it doesn't shorten very well. So she'd be like, "Hey, Sates, Seda, Seda, hi, Seda." Like, yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, mm-hmm. Sates, man, you were going by Seda back in high school. Wow. I yeah, I started I, I started using it when I was twelve. Wow. Yeah, I was I, it just like was it just like did you have like the did you have like any gender suspicions or were you just like I like this name better than my like my birth name? I always hated my name. Like all, I did I yeah. did too. Yeah, I, I always, always passed it I, off because I, you know, looking back, I I used to think like maybe it was a genders uh you know, an early genders, but um I don't know. I have no idea because like I I use my middle name, my legal middle name. And I don't mind it, so I don't know. I think that maybe I just hated my name. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's hard to it's hard to tell. It's hard to divorce all of those things from each other. Yeah, no, like I I really do hate like I hate the structure of my legal name. Like I don't mind the, I don't the fact that it was ascribed to me is not the issue. The, I just hate the structure of it because this isn't like a this isn't like a revelation. Like if you spend enough time around me, you are going to learn this fact eventually. But my birth name is Edward, and the thing about it is that like Edward sounds so formal, like someone who works in a cubicle for like sixty hours a week. Eddie sounds like a child, and Ed sounds like you got punched in the stomach. Like none of the variations are good, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it doesn't suit like they anything all, they about all, you, obviously. They all, I mean, obviously, yeah, but like they only go well with paired if paired with like a last name. Yeah. Edward. Who? Edward Norton. Okay. Eddie. <laughs> what? Eddie Murphy. Okay. Uh-huh. Ed. Who? Ed Sheeran. Helms? Hell sure. <laughs> sure, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> like it does not work well as a solo name in my opinion. Isn't isn't one of the cowboy bebops just Ed? Yes, that's the one exception. Yeah, but she 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 is a she is a girl named Ed, which is extremely good. That's, that's cute the as that, hell. That's why she's an exception. That's cute as hell. Yeah. So this is our this is our Cowboy Bebop podcast. Uh, oh, I'm gonna do so well. I'm gonna. <laughs> oh, oh, give me a sec. I. Oh, what the fuck was the name of the TV show they watched? They told them all the bounties. Oh fuck! I'm a fa- I'm a fake anime fan. I'm gonna Google it. Fucking cowboy bebop bounty show. I date I my I dated a a girl who really liked anime, and so I was kind of into anime while that was happening. But that's kind of that's the limit of my uh, experience. This this welcome welcome to Big Shot with Punch and Judy. I'm Judy. And I'm I'm Punch. Yeah, that's that's the name of the the show where they get their (laughs) bounties from. Okay. They get their bounties from a show. We can't get into this. Yeah, no, they get their show from, they get their bounties. They're not, like, assigned to them, but, like, it's, like, posted, like, like this is the future version of a wanted poster. They, they just do it on a show called Big Shot, and the, the hosts are called Punch and Judy. Like the puppets. Yeah, it's like the puppets. Huh. Anyways, welcome to Big Shot. I'm so <laughs> embarrassed I couldn't think of that on the spot. I've been re-watching Cowboy Bebop 2. 
Oh, my girlfriend's going to be so disappointed. <laughs> um, so, this, this show somehow keeps getting worse. Yeah. Like, it's... like I feel like every episode is, like, the worst, and then it, like, keeps going lower. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling about it. Um, like, this episode was kind of a mess cat <laughs> cat um, uh yeah it's also like now starting to pick up sort of whatever like plot line it plot lines it wants from the book from the books, sort of like yeah. really willy-nilly with like no real consideration um that is just it's such a stark contrast to how well the books are generally constructed that it's like oh if you're gonna split off, just split off, please. Yeah. Oh, but they like they like have like these half ass like this is this has like like beat for beat, this is pretty much the plot of the second book, but like all of the details are radically changed. Yeah, sorry, I'm was making I'm I'm I was just playing with a packet of ketchup like it was a fidget spinner or something, and I realized my mic was picking it up, so I threw it. I'm, not, I'm focused now. I'm in control. I'm in the moment. Oh my god! Much, much like Professor, much, much like Vice Principal Chapman was in control at, at the end of the episode. Oh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is based on the second book. Um, so this this one starts off. I, I can't tell if this is just I can't tell if this is how it was intended to, or if this is just like stapled onto the front of it. But we do start with like vlogs from Jake and Cassie, and it's really weird coming from Cassie because Cassie is in this episode for like half a second, if that. Yeah, it's bizarre because we've already established Jake sort of monologuing, and I feel like it makes sense for him as a character in a way well, that no, it doesn't every, for every, Cassie. Every, everyone um, shows the monologue. Yeah, he, like, and he's holding the camera, and he's talking about um, how his brother is a controller, and they're going to save him, and then I assumed the episode was just going to start, but instead they cut to another, I, I, I kind of thought for a moment that the whole episode was just going to be, like, a series of monologues, <laughs> like the Animorphs monologues or something, um, because they immediately cut to Cassie, but... It, they did gain some favor with me from Cassie's whole soliloquy because she does, like, immediately just start asking really overwrought ethics questions. Yeah. Um, which is very oh on God, point. so... Yeah, it's on point for the character, but a little bit early to be introducing that stuff. Like, it's a little hammer on... It's a little on the nose, in my opinion. Sure, and it's also not thematically relevant um, yet, Yet, yeah. Yeah, because like, she's they're... she's basically like, I mean, the controllers use human bodies, and I know that what we do isn't the same thing, but I feel a little bit weird using animal bodies to fight with. And usually when Cassie has, like, an ethical dilemma, it's because they're directly dealing with something, whereas with this, it yeah. was kind of like, we want to introduce this idea. Here's Cassie petting a rabbit and talking about her feelings. Yeah, yeah, like... Like, this comes up, like, this This makes sense for Cassie to think about, like, once they are, like, a little bit normalized about their, their adventures. And, like, instead of, like, this is, like, a week after she saw a, an alien prince die right in front of her by getting swallowed whole by an alien. And he transmitted his dying screams into her head. Like, she can't really, she, like, this just seems so weird for her to be thinking about the ethics of this, like, nap. Like, a month from now? Sure, but, like, it hasn't been a week, my good girl. My, 
No, bad bad word choice. My girl. Mm-hmm. I almost said my good bitch, and then I was like, oh, I shouldn't call Cassie a bitch. And then, I, <laughs> and then it turned into my good girl in my mouth, and that's even worse. Oh, no. That really uh, just fell apart in most of the ways that it could have. Yeah, it's... It's impressive a little bit how that how quickly how well that one fell apart. Um, I do want to bring up my official conspiracy theory now, which is that we actually got hints to Jake's last name in this episode because he was vlogging. And so, is he Jake Paul? Maybe. We we really don't know because from what I know, Jake Paul was spawned out of like a, a test tube. He was like like not a test tube baby, more of like a test tube adult. Yeah, and I mean... Like, he's, he's, spr- he's sprung from the low, fully formed at age 19. I absolutely believe that Logan Paul could be a controller. Oh, absolutely. So... No, there's no way in hell. He is their most popular. Like, he is, yeah. like the low gang is absolutely the sharing. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Do, should, do, we, do I, should we do, do I, a modern-day Animorphs reboot that's just a YouTube series about Logan oh Paul? Oh, my God, yes, please. Okay, who are the other YouTubers who are in on this? Oh, I mean, I feel like it has to be mostly... Oh, Rhett and Link. I mean, they're, like, benign, but I feel like they're still controllers. Does that make sense? Um, Just because yeah, they John, do... John Tron was a big one, and then he got, like, really racist, and so he got demoted. Yeah. I feel like a lot of a lot of them, honestly, could be. It's not inconceivable. Uh, Sargon of Akkad is definitely a controller. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, I, I want, like, a modern remake. Oh, did I tell you that I listened to a Logan Paul song the other day? No. And then I listened to it again later that day, and then I listened to it, like, six times. It's not good, it just gets stuck in my head, and I have to revisit it to remember how fucking bad it is. Which one is it? I get really into YouTube drama. Uh, it's called, oh, you'll love this one. It's uh, it's called The Fall, the, the Fall of Jake Paul. Oh, The Fall of Jake Paul, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're very well aware of it. Yeah, I like I like to go on like really fun sort of just eight hour uh, depression uh, rabbit holes of watching like drama YouTubers, just the yep. most fucking despicable human beings talking about the next most despicable human beings and writing diss tracks about each other and then reacting to the diss tracks and then writing diss tracks about the reactions and then reacting to the reactions of the diss tracks yep, for eight my, hours. Uh... <laughs> My personal favorite moment of that video is when he uh, when he screams, "Oh shit! I just stole the girl you were dating a couple of months ago." Like that's something to brag about. Like yeah. that that's just kind of weird, dude. Like that if you're dating someone your younger brother used to date, that's weird. Yeah. Um, and also everything else that in that song, there's a line where he says, "I'm a dog, you a puppy, call you Kong," which is it's weird because Kong is like. Kong is, like, renowned as a brand for being, like, really high quality and very hard to destroy by dog's teeth. Even, like, strong, strong dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, like, I'm a dog, you are a puppy, but I I cannot break you. Yeah. It's My favorite nice. part is, yeah. Another thing about those that I like is that whenever Jake Paul does a song, he, like, starts it by saying, I wrote this song in one day. Like, that's something to be proud of. Yeah, it's, I mean... I'm really into it, it's it's uh, it's setting the it's setting the odds against him because either he wrote it he it only took him one day to write a masterpiece or he wrote a piece of shit but it's okay because it only took him one day he cannot lose in that in the way he set it up. There's a YouTuber named Cody Ko. Um, oh, that fucking piece of shit. He's no no. Who am I thinking? He's I fine. Think of- I mean, he's like a dude, bro, but he's fine. 
Um, and he and his friend Noel, 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 I think, um, responded to one of the Jake Paul songs by releasing their own song that they made in a day um, called Keep You Dick Fat. Um, their music <laughs> okay, is no. really good. I, I am definitely, I'm definitely thinking of someone else then, because there was a Viner with a name similar to that who just made like the least... No, that was the... probably Cody Ko. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not saying... I, I, I mean, you... Wait, what, he, yeah, his vines were probably unfunny. <laughs> the, the, there was just... There's this one vine of his that went around where he just like... He did like this horrible like sound in it and it's I, I can't see that like it's like you ever see that vine that's like i see that vine i can't sleep since i saw that vine <laughs> like that's what that is oh let me show you no yeah i'm thinking of a different i'm thinking of a different person yeah okay okay yeah, well I'll, I'll cut i'll cut that down <laughs> um it, so it turns out the vine that i was thinking of had been edited into the uh the the original video was of a a, a person in a fox fursuit wearing a diaper and then the it comes to the guy being like, I can't sleep ever since I saw that video. Oh. <sighs> Anyways. Okay. We finally get confirmation that Tobias is a hawk. <laughs> finally! Forever. Episode five! Yeah. Um, and it's, it's done in almost a throwaway manner, which is very odd. Like, there's an incredibly dramatic scene of Tobias entering Rachel's room, um... Where there's about you know that one clip that's that went around of like Clint Eastwood jumping over a fence or whatever in a movie, that yeah. it takes about thirty five cuts. It's they do that, but it's Rachel sort of looking at her window and then moving it's back like, from her window as a bird comes into it. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, what is it? Is it like Indian soap operas? I mean, it's a pretty standard like they people. They, it's done in like action movies to emphasize action and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I know, but, like, it, it felt very, like, it felt like a couple of, like, breaking glass edits removed from, uh, like, uh, an Indian sh- an Indian soap drama. Mm. How's that cup of coffee? Uh, disgusting. It's so bad. Cool. I make I make really bad coffee, and then I sort of let it sit. Like, I made this pot of coffee yesterday, and I'm just finishing it, and all it has in it is almond milk. It's really really fucking gross um they throw it away (laughs) as i should have done with this coffee um tobias is basically like i guess i was stuck as a hawk for more than two hours and rachel's like well don't be a bird anymore and he's like i've tried to not be a bird and she's like well stop be a person and he's like i'm trying and then it then it's over (laughs) and rachel goes to like tell her friends that tobias is a hawk i guess yeah, and then Tobias is kind of like in the background for the rest of the episode, and there's a really, a really weird Marco line here because it's like he, like Rachel they're, is they're like they're trying to do thought speak exposition, like they're trying to explain why Rachel could understand Tobias. Yes, um, but they do it in a really clumsy way. Because Rachel says, well, at least we can still hear his thoughts. And Marco says, uh, yeah, when he wants us to. And, like, that's how speech works, idiot. Like, It's also, like, what do you want the alternative to be? Do you want to be able to hear his, like, all of his thoughts? I don't think he'd like that. I don't think you'd like that. Nobody would be having a good time if you could just hear his thoughts all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would be, uh, like, that's not, that's not what you want. Like, okay, hungry for mouse. Wish I was human. Hungry for mouse. Hungry for mouse. This mouse doesn't taste very good and it's kind of crunchy. Yeah. There's actually a lot of very... I think one of the reasons this episode 
has stood out uh, with its quality, so to say, is that there is a lot of clumsy exposition in the way that shows did bef- like in this time period especially, um, where they would just kind of assume, I guess sitcoms still do this, but they very much assume that you haven't been following along and this is your first episode. Um, like Rachel runs up to Chapman's daughter and goes, oh, hey, uh, how's your dad? Because she wants to spy on Chapman because he's a controller. And Melissa <laughs> turns to her and is like, um, what do you mean? He's our principal. And Rachel's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, okay, <laughs> that's how you're going to deliver that information, huh? Thanks, I guess. Yeah, like, like, I mean, we knew this already, remember? Because, like, he goes to that supply closet where Tom is, like, Blair Witch-style facing the corner. Yeah, yeah. It's so, just... like, we did we did very much know that he's a controller, but they do have to tell us that again and just, like, beat us over the head with it. Yeah. It's not very subtle, and it's not particularly well done, but it is done, I guess. It sure, it sure as fuck is done. Yeah. Rachel's basically just talking to her because she wants to try and get into Chapman's house to, like, spy on him. Yeah, I get. I I guess. Like, I think they. What is it? That, did they want to find like the location of the, the the new location of the entrance to the Geert pool or something? Yeah. Okay, that's. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's their framing. And then, of course, uh, when Rachel says they have a cat, I'm just gonna I'm gonna acquire the cat morph and I'm just gonna go into their house. Marco's like, can you get us the answers to the tests? Well, the, what does he think a principal does? What does he think a vice principal does? Uh, answers all the, writes all the test answers, Sata. This is what they, this is all the only thing they do. I should text my dad. He was a principal and a vice principal. Dad, did you write all of the tests? What the fuck did a teacher do if that's the case? I actually, you know what, like, I, I know what a principal does. What is a vice principal? Is it just like, is it just like a backup principal in case the first one is, is shot in the line of duty? Um, well, yes, that is primarily, or a duel, but also it's, there's like some boring, um, administrative versus like practical on the ground sort of responsibilities that aren't okay so it's a hands-on versus a hands-off manager (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) kind of um at my school in any case the vice principal dealt with like more of the discipline whereas the principal was sort of like a figurehead who did a lot of like administrative work and that kind of thing Ah, the, 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 the people's the people's principal versus the establishment's principal yeah uh uh-huh yeah exactly I got to know the vice principal really well because my English teacher hated me in grade 12 and would just send me out of the classroom for no reason. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, she was not a my, good teacher. My my English teacher in grades 9 and 10 really had it out for me too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wasn't a, I wasn't a spectacular student, but like this guy once sent me to detention for not having a pen. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's Gra- granted I granted I did have a track record of having to ask other students for pens. But he had like a he had like a desktop he had like a desk full of pens and he said if you you are going to detention for the rest of the period or until you can get a pen and both my parents were at work so I was like well I guess I'm going to detention for the rest of the period bye. It's <laughs> so over the top. I know this guy fucking sucked ass. He we had to uh, for going in ninth going in ninth grade we had to write essays uh, about the Odyssey which is like a like fucking great book to start your fucking high school freshman off on like idiot like the least penetrable book of like you could possibly find for these like it's not that bad but like 
going to ninth grade, like, the hardest thing you've had to read was, like, I can't even think of it. <laughs> like, I, I, we had to read Anne Frank, which was, like, which was, like, taxing emotionally, but, like, not, like, high comprehension. Yeah, that does seem like a odd choice. As yeah. Of a, a Any, anyways... Anyways, he um when he gave the essays back, he said I uh, bottomed I, I made sure the lowest score you could get was a sixty because no one got no one scored higher than that and all of your essays were terrible and if I actually if I actually rated you properly you would have all gotten like a thirty. Great. <laughs> yeah. So I mean this guy was this guy was definitely emotionally abusive in one way shape or form. So that's I uh, yeah definitely but I he did teach me how to write an essay which I did carry with me till the end of college. So his techniques worked and abuse is good. Great solved. We've cured teaching. Absolutely. <laughs> Teacher retired. Teacher <laughs> ultimate. Retired. XD. Uh, so. What happens in this episode? Because um, Ra- Rachel goes to... Oh, yeah. You want to just talk about uh, Chapman being weird around Melissa? Yeah, sure. Sweet Melissa. They, like... That was a joke. I didn't hear it. Oh, I said, sweet Melissa. Oh, is that a joke? <laughs> it's it's a Dave Matthews Band reference, which, I mean, the present days of that band is a joke. I don't know anything that you ever say. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so tired. I just died. Um, so, but how, how how long have you been awake? I don't know. Years. Um, <laughs> they they try to establish the like change in Chapman since he became a controller. Um, first of all, by having Melissa sort of awkwardly say, "Oh, my dad doesn't like me having uh, people over after school." For you know, because since the the last little while, he just doesn't like it anymore. And then they have this spectacularly awkward meal together, where Chapman doesn't seem to understand how to interact as a human being, which is not really canonically a problem that controllers have. Like they certainly change, but they tend to blend in a little bit better than Chapman is trying to do. Yeah. Um. And it's just very odd. She asks him a question at one point, and he just sort of smiles blankly for, like, holds it for two seconds. Um, Oh, yeah, she asks, how's your food? And he sort of makes a blank smile face at her and then says, it is satisfying. (laughs) And delicious. And delicious. It's it's a very Ted Cruz face. It's, yeah, it's very odd. And (laughs) I feel really bad for Melissa. Um, And... Yeah, basically, Rachel follows through on her plan. She acquires the cat morph and comes in. And it's at this point in the episode that people just start saying the word cat a lot. Um, yeah. Well, Chapman just says, cat. Yeah. I like, hate that creature. Cat. 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 Every single time you see a cat. Which I do understand. Like, sure, every time I see a cat, I want to just say cat. I but, do that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I I kind of I kind of make a little squeeze sound. Yeah, yeah. And basically. I like I do that whenever I see my girlfriend's cat mo- specifically. <laughs> I, you you've seen Charles, right? That big fucker. I don't think so. 
Oh my god, he is the cutest kitty. I had to show him to you. Yay. I will okay. say that the cat that Rachel transforms into is very cute. Classic round face. Just classic, got little, ca- classic little cheeks, little paws, has medium fur, has some color variation, pointy ears, eyes that both look like they know too much and also just don't understand anything. Everything you want in a cat, pretty much this one has. Which I do like, um, and makes me very happy. And I bet okay. that Here, here's Charles. Sorry to interrupt. I, I will include this in the show notes because this is like my favorite picture of this cat ever. But this cat is so absolutely beautiful. Oh, that's a fluffer. <laughs> yeah. That's a full fluff. He's such a big fuzzy boy. Oh, I think I have those sheets. <laughs> Charles Char- Charles is the absolute unit. Yeah. I just want to face plant into that belly. Yeah. Oh, he will eat you. That's fine. That's how I want to go. Fair. Um, so where'd we, where were we before I started talking about my cat? My girlfriend's cat? Um, Rachel has sneaked into Chapman's home in the form of a perfect animal. And... Chapman sort of excuses himself to the basement to have his, like, meeting with Visser 3 after we actually get, like, a kind of sad scene. I think I'm just emotional about um, kids trying to interact with their parents, but Melissa's is like, hey, will you help me with my homework? And he's like, uh, you've got it. And she's like, I mean, but you always help me. And he's like, well, get started without me, I guess. And, like, Cats in the Cradle plays quietly in the background, except it's, yep. like, a really oh, don't, distorted don't alien about, version. Don't make me think about that song. It makes me want to cry. <laughs> I can't take it seriously. I use it as a reference too often. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get at that point at some point in my life, but it's still just like, I don't know, I have a good time. <laughs> I understand. Um... Yeah, uh, I, I once saw I once saw like a list of the top ten saddest songs of all time, and like some of them I agree with. Like, I mean, from from that from the writer's point of view, like, uh, you know, Tears in Heaven, definitely, I was say absolutely, Tears in Heaven, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, also, um, statistically, the second worst song to fuck to is that one. Yeah, I can see that. You know what the worst one is? What Christmas shoes. <laughs> I guess I think that Tears in Heaven would be worse. I think it's a, I, I think you could like get by to Tears in Heaven a little bit better just because Eric Clapton is a good singer versus whoever the singer for is for like the popular version of, uh, you have to listen to like a shitty country song on top of it being Christmas Shoes. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if it were Christmas Shoes, at least it would like, the hatred would like give me a little like extra oomph at least. <laughs> a little extra fuck power. <laughs> yeah, sort of recharge that, the, the fuck mana as yeah. they say. Um, I think a couple of the songs on that list were uh, Old Man by Neil Young, which I can get that. Um, Losing My Religion. Oh, no, that's great. Are you kidding? It's not a top ten saddest song of all time. No. Not remotely. No, that's, that, no, that seems really, really bizarre. I was still, I was thinking that was still songs to make love to, which wouldn't be awful, but would make me feel like a really edgy, like, 17 year old 
Losing the religion. <laughs> Losing my religion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's called losing your religion because you're not you're not a virgin anymore. Um, virginity was my religion. No gods, no masters, only not fucking. <laughs> and now it's no gods, no masters, only not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, all right. So we're back to. <laughs> That's going to be the ep- the name of the episode, I think. No gods, no masters, only night. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely listenable. Um, so the Rachel doesn't even get to do the smart thing like she does in the books, where when she gets accused of being an Andalite, she um she just plays it like a fucking cat wouldn't be like meow. Yeah. Because the the other cat shows up and they both stand next to each other very conveniently, and she makes a bolt for it immediately, and yeah. then she gets captured. And I was like, I was fully being like, okay, that's not Rachel. Rachel's smarter than that. Rachel wouldn't like try and immediately bolt, and then we find out no, that actually is just in fact Rachel. I know. The entire time, I thought that the twist would be that they hadn't actually captured Rachel, because it doesn't make any sense. Um, but then I realized that. Ultimately, if that were the twist, then it would have had to end with them killing Melissa's cat. Probably. Yeah. So I can see why that wasn't the twist. Yeah. <laughs> because she um, does get captured and puts her in a in a in a cat carrier, carrier that, has, that has a live animal tag on it, just which is ca- just very ca- funny. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Uh, Visitor Three very much cares about the well-being of this kitty. Yeah. Um, we also see that I, I this probably showed up before, but I didn't notice because um, Bizzer Three has a scorpion tail, which I feel like is not like it's it's just like it's just like literally a scorpion tail. It's not like bladed like the tails are in in like the books. Like it, I mean, it is sharp enough to cut the head off a statue, which he does for no real reason. But yeah, um, I mean, I feel as though Axe is. Compared to a scorpion at some point or another, but the blade is definitely seen as more intimidating in the books. I guess they just kind of went for the easy comparison here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he does very much just straight up cut the head off of a stone statue. Yeah. His tail, which is great. (sighs) Yeah. Chapman sort of brings Rachel as the cat and says, hey, I've got this Andalite. And Visser 3 is like, yo, you better be cool or that could be your head. And it's like, okay, I guess. Yep. And yeah, yeah it's sort of Jake follows. As Homer. As we, get Homer. Some really, we get some really nice Homer footage. Yeah. Anytime that dog shows up, I get really happy. It, yeah, absolutely. The dog is a great actor. The dog is a better actor than the rest of the kids. And Melissa is a better actor than the rest of the kids. Melissa and the hawk really steal the show. In this they really episode. do. Yeah. Oh, and then, so, Rachel, like, they all get out and Visitor 3 is duped or what the fuck ever because Chapman fights back. And also, Chapman's wife isn't here. Like, Chapman's wife, Melissa's mother, does play a part in this book because both of them... Like, Chapman's, er, Chapman himself, obviously, is, like, the focal point, but his wife is also there. Yeah. But she's, could she's, they just, like, get the fucking actress? She's hand-waved away in this episode because he says to Melissa, oh, you're going to be the chef when your mother's away, like she is now. Um, 
But yeah, it's it it's it, it it's a minor change, but kind of a weird one. Um, I guess yeah, I guess they just were like, eh, we only want the one of them in here today. Yeah. And they yeah they do have that the actual human fights back against the Yurk. So Chapman because Visser three goes, hey you. We, it would be a lot easier for us to do our work if we could also infest your host daughter. And then the real Chapman's like, fuck you. And they fight. And then they like have a fucking knuckle drag like brawl out. like And like, there's no way Visitor 3 would not shift back to his Andalite form and just like lop this dude's head off. Like, yeah. I, like, I mean, it's bad optics, definitely, but... Yeah, it's very, it's, it's like, it's fine. And he sort of, <laughs> Visser 3 grabs Chapman and has the craziest eyes I've seen on a man uh, looking deeply into Chapman's eyes and is like, get control of your host. And then he does. And that's fine. Um, and meanwhile, Jake as a dog is like t- <laughs> tugging the pet carrier away as hard as he can. And then Tobias saves the day by clawing some dude in the face, as he, that's kind of often his sort of that, that's his <laughs> That's his steez. Yeah. Uh, Alright. So, is, uh, that's the episode, right? Because it just ends abruptly when that, when Rachel's like, I'm so sorry, and Tobias and Jake are like, you were awesome! And, the, <laughs> yeah. and, then, the, and then the video ends. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Alright, so that's the episode. This show is getting worse and worse. Yeah, this one wasn't great. Um, especially with how they sort of really rode, like, rode over the emotional weight of Tobias being turned into a bird forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, they kind of barely hint at how devastating that is. It's <laughs> other than Rachel being like, well, don't be a bird anymore. Have you tried just not being a bird? Um, and then... They're all kind of worried, but it's it's really you don't get the sense of just complete dread that I think the book was pretty decent at a yeah pushing yeah uh, all right so we got a couple of questions here uh, first question well, I guess only question uh, uh, the the answer was Gojira so that's the correct lizard to morph which. That's a pretty good answer, but I, I feel like that was just, like, be unwieldy. Like, if I if I had to morph Godzilla and that was my only morph, like, I can't use that. Like, I'm not really into macro. Oh, I looked up Gojira and I just found a band, a French heavy metal band. Oh, Gojira is the, the Japanese spelling slash pronunciation of Godzilla. Cool. I want to transform into a French heavy metal band, though. Is that an option? <laughs> I don't know. Can your brain is, can your brain operate high level enough to like to maintain like four ish members? Like you need to like make you need to like hold you need to like have some sick rhythm skills to be able to play the bass and the drums and do the vocals and play the guitar. Yeah, I think I could do that. Hey, that does give me question though. It gives me question is what I've said and it's what I meant. At any point, so okay. When they morph an animal, they certainly have the animal's skills. When they morph a human, like if I morphed into a really good guitar player, could I play guitar? Yes. Okay. Is you would it entirely... also be you would also be excellent at finger banging. 
Well, that's already true. Um, <laughs> is it like entirely mental or is it also physical? Like, could you get too in your head about it, just like with finger banging and not be good at it? Or I think if you, I think if you like focus on it too much, you 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 can like uh, you can like accidentally overpower it. But if you just like lay back and let it ride, like yeah. you will just you will just be making them come like nobody's business. Musically come, of course. Musically come. Yeah. Okay, yes. that makes sense. The musical nuts. Um, yeah. how successful would the year convasion be if they were hats a la Super Mario Odyssey? I think. I think it'd be a lot harder to hide, but also like if if I could if someone could be like, "Hey, it's a me, Mario. I'm gonna possess your body and do some cool flips." I'd be like, "Yeah, okay," and then I would never be released from Mario's thrall. It would be that easy to get you, huh? Just want to do some cool flips. I I can't do them on my own, so maybe Mario could help me get into shape. <laughs> Fair enough. I can't do flips either. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. We, we, this was, like, on the first episode, I'm pretty sure, of this podcast where I said that if I, like, ever turn more than, like, 90 degrees horizontal, like, if I ever go more than, like, perfectly flat, like, if my head dips below the median, like, I will immediately have a heart attack and die. This is why <laughs> I can never do a backflip. Yeah, fair enough. Um, do we think Chapman was this bad before the year? Cause, I mean, like, they seem to have some reservations about him as, like, an authority figure, but not, like, like a piece of shit, asshole. Yeah, it just seems like he was probably strict. Um, yeah, because certainly nobody finds it finds it odd that he's like yelling at students and being a weirdo. <laughs> and there must have been some reason that the Yerks were like, "Yo, yeah, he's yeah. he's the one, the the one with power over a bunch of children. He's the one we need." What Yerks? Come on, Yerks, Yerks. <laughs> That's what that's what that's what like that's what batters and pitchers get when they can't like play baseball right, yeah? Uh-huh. Yep. They got they get the yurks. They get the yurks and then that's how they get better is yep. slugs slug training. Yep. And uh, I think we've covered this one before but I'm asking you, what are the Animorphs college clubs? Um so uh, who does slam poetry? That is that's Cassie. either ca- or Marco, I think you could make a strong case for Marco doing slam poetry. Once he gets past, once he gets past his irony poisoning, I think Marco would be a very good slam poet. I don't think so. No, no. Right, let me hear your logic. I just, it just, I don't think that he would ever be that kind of. I don't think he could ever be that serious. I think that if anything, he would do stand up that got slightly serious. But I really don't think that he would like sit down. And write about his feelings. I don't think that he would ever really be comfortable doing that. Okay, so Marco joins the improv club. Cassie joins... Uh, I mean, yes, absolutely. Ca- Cassie, joins, Cassie joins the Slam Poetry Club. Um, and also, like, the Environmental Society. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> and all that shit. Uh, who's in Quiz Bowl? We already decided this. Um, Tobias is the Quiz Bowl kid. Assuming that Tobias is human and not still bird at this point. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Jake does a I mean, sport of some kind. He's probably also gets roped into student council or student government of some kind. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think Rachel might be a marching band. Huh. Sorry, dog is very excited. Yeah. Pumped about marching band. I guess I don't see Rachel as musical. You know, that's fair. I feel like there's something about her playing a French horn at some point, but I could be completely out of my ass on that one. Yeah, I think, I feel like she would 
do like color guard or something. I mean, she does do gymnastics, but yeah. like gymnastics isn't always per- is not always pursued at like a col- at a collegiate level. Yeah, I can see her like joining an acapella group, but only for like a couple semesters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then that's the, that's the end, that's the episode. Yeah, that is the episode. Um, Seda, where can we find you online? Um, you can find me taking a nap. You can find me taking a nap all over the internet. I'm uh, on Twitter at nudity with an E-A instead of a Y. And, um, you can find a bunch of music that I do on Bandcamp by going to the URL GayGothVibes.online Yeah, okay. Uh, you can find me at a bunch of spots. Um, Fear Baiting, my horror movie podcast that I do with Blair most of the time, but while he's on break, I'm doing it with, it with guests. Um, uh, at uh, Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, which is a leftism podcast I do with a bunch of my friends. Um, the I can be found on Twitter at Chieshadonaka or Chieshadonaka.tumblr.com. And I was recently on the podcast, What's Your Fursona? Uh, and In Pursuits of Passion. Um, uh, got a little bit ribbled, I suppose would be the right word, compared to, I mean, uh, even compared to like what we talk about on this podcast sometimes. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I think they were really good. I think those are really good shows to listen to. Um, What's Your Fursona is a really good podcast. And. I haven't listened to much of In Pursuits of Passion, but M is a good friend of mine, and it's a it was a really fun time to be on uh, her show. And I really recommend checking those episodes out and listening to the rest of the podcast. Nice. Um, they're not they're not up yet. They should be up like within a couple of days though. Sweet. Yeah, and that's gonna do it for this episode of The Wonder Years. We'll be back again next week with a new episode about the TV show. Until then, I'm Lulu. I'm Seda. And remember, keep your hand on the Espel device. Bye. Bye.